0: Well, welcome to episode 11 of Inside CHSL. Jeremy Otto alongside Brendan Johnson. I want to remind you right off the bat to subscribe. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL. We also have a Facebook now, Inside CHSL. You can search it there and uh, hit the like button. Something that um, Roger Castillo, a buddy of ours and uh, somebody that works at uh, one of our Catholic League friends, Alliance Catholic Credit Union, as well mentioned, you know, on Spotify, you can jump to the timestamps. So the, the description we put down, it says, you know, this interview at 5.11, say that wouldn't be the case. But if it was, you can punch that and it takes you right to it. How about that? pretty neat. So thanks, Roger, for telling us that. That's something that we didn't really know, or I didn't know at least. So that's some good stuff. So subscribe on Spotify to get those uh, very fine features. But... We got a lot to get to this week, a lot of hockey. Sean Belesian is our guest, uh, Michigan hockey expert, I guess is what we're calling him, if you will, because he is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of work surrounding the state of Michigan covering hockey from the Catholic League to the
1: MIHL and across the state. So, you know, I'm expecting that he'll give some very good insight, maybe some predictions as mm-hmm. to what he sees uh, is going to happen throughout the stretch of the high school playoffs. And I think one of the big things he's going to talk about is some of the early matchups between teams that are, well, pretty darn good early in the playoffs. So, some neat stuff to get into there. That should be uh, should be a pretty fun interview when you guys sit down and talk about that.
0: Absolutely. We're going to talk about girls basketball a lot too. The championships for the Catholic League are compete states coming up. Operation Friendship uh, going to happen before we release this podcast, but uh, that's certainly exciting. And what we saw in the Catholic League finals, was pretty exciting as well. And then we'll talk a little wrestling later and and some bowling as well. But Right off the rip, we want to let you know, if you didn't hear, that we're going to be live, if you will, on the concourse at Callahan Hall, so it won't be live in terms of a live broadcast, but we, uh, you can come watch, you can come listen to us interview a number of coaches. we got a, a pretty exciting slate in terms of the guys we're going to bring on. Yeah, that's going to be good stuff,
1: and we'll get into a little bit more detail about that at the end of the podcast, but while you're listening now, definitely take a note that we'll be at Callahan, you'll be able to You know, come see us live in action, but we're going to talk to some different coaches and a couple guests as well, uh, related and affiliated with the Catholic League. So it should be a pretty fun time before the two big matchups uh, going on down there. But, you know, I don't want to spoil too much. We'll get into all that in just a little bit.
0: Let's dive into J&B's top highlights from the previous week we
1: head to Callahan. We do. We look at the girls' basketball championships. We start with the intersectional championship, and this was, well— not the matchup maybe those predicted before the Catholic League tournament began. Our Lady of the Lakes St. Catherine of Siena squared off for the Cardinal Division Championship and it saw Lakes 44-27 the final score collecting the Catholic League title there. That's a Lakes team that we kind of talked about it last week really starting to find their groove. They're getting healthy, um, you know, battled some early season injuries and things like that. But they are really coming to form nice and should make a nice state playoff run for St. Catherine of Siena, obviously picking up the, the upset victory over Bishop Foley in the Catholic League playoff and found their way to the title game, which was very exciting for them. Unfortunately, they fall into a very good Lakes team that's playing well, but was a nice one there. And then for the Bishop Championship, third time... Matchup between Mercy and Marion, the one that we all expected, and Mercy collects a 51-40 to victory. You know, Marion in an interesting predicament with some girls that were out of town and some injuries, so they had just a partial roster in their semifinal matchup, and as they played Father Gabriel Richard, they were able to get out of there with a victory, and going to Callahan Hall, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe if they get that full roster back, ready to go, they'll be okay but you know when you miss practice and games for a few days and you come back from out of town and and, and it, it's it's surprising how quickly you can lose a rhythm just from having a few days off so mercy does a great job capitalizing on that as they escape what was a great semifinal game versus divine child and they avoided back to back years of upsets in the catholic league semi so Mercy gets there, they collect the Catholic League championship. That one fifty one to forty, the final score.
0: And we'll certainly talk next week once districts are, are getting ramped up about, you know, what these teams have in terms of chances, but I really like uh, you know, some of the Catholic League team's chances in the state playoffs and especially our lady of the lakes. I mean, that's a team. They win their first CHSL title since 2016. I mean, you look at their stretch from back-to-back-to-back years where they were winning CHSL titles, or at least right there, and you know competing for state championships at Breslin too. So that's an intriguing team. I mean, it, it really is who gets hot uh, on the stretch run of the season. So two teams to look out for as well. You could still expect Lakes, as you mentioned,
1: right? Shrine and Bishop Foley are both still gonna make playoff runs. They were both upset in the tournament there of the Catholic League, but don't don't you know count them out. That gives them some time and some motivation to to not only bounce back, but to realize, hey, we're fallible and we've got to make some adjustments if we want to make a run. You know Mercy and Marion are gonna do their thing in the state tournament as well. You're interested to see You know, what other schools make a run? Father Gabriel Richard's been playing good basketball. How far do they go? Divine Child played some good basketball and nearly got back to that final game. So what do they do come state tournament time? Do you see some of the other Catholic League teams that, you know, didn't make the final from that Bishop division go on a run? You know, where does somebody like Regina end up, depending on their district draw and things like that? So some interesting storylines to keep an eye out for there. There's no doubt about that.
0: Quick shout-out as well to Kennedy Blair. This was um, after our last podcast was released, but we had recorded on Wednesday and the the Catholic League semis were... Wednesday night but she's a dynamic player I mean she scored 29 versus Mercy they nearly came back in that game I mean she had a couple threes falling down and and deep threes uh, down the stretch so she's gonna be a real real talented player and she's only a freshman for the Falcons over there so look out for her
1: part of that talented Blair family no doubt about it keeping the divine child tradition alive with the Blair family of course just tremendous skill on the floor but no doubt about that and our team should make a playoff
0: run. We talked about the basketball championships. They're now set. It'll be this Saturday, the day after this comes out on February 28th. But uh, it'll be UD Jesuit and Orchard Lake St. Mary's. UD Jesuit looking to make it their eighth straight Catholic League title. And then Cardinal Mooney will battle Riverview, Gabriel Richard, we just kind of mention it now because we have that big uh, show on Saturday from the Concourse at Callahan. But uh, you know, you're off the rip thoughts on those two matchups. Well, you got to look at.
1: Let's start with the Cardinal Division matchup. Riverview Gabriel Richard's the team you expected to get there, and the team on paper you'd expect to win. They've rolled through Catholic League play all year long. They rolled through their schedule all year long. That's a very, very talented team. One that has some youth as well. So they're they're here to stay for this year, and they should be back next. But I like Cardinal Mooney, and I like Coach McAndrews' team fighting to get back to Callahan Hall. It's the first time, I think, in 15 years that Cardinal Mooney's gotten there, and they've had some really good teams come through over the course of time between their last visit to Callahan. So for them to get back, they're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. There's no doubt about that. So look for Cardinal Mooney to give everything they have in this Catholic League championship game. It should make for a really exciting 5 o'clock tip. The 7 o'clock tip, Orchard Lake, U of D. You can't overlook how impressive U of D's run over the last 10 years. has been 9 out of 10 years, I believe it is, in the Catholic League final. They're looking for their 8th straight. And just as a program, it's sustained basketball success. And you got to give Coach Donnelly credit. I mean, a lot of talent has gone through. There's no doubt about it, but you just never know when you're going you can get upset it takes one game to lose in the catholic league playoff not get to the finals let alone win that catholic league final and there have been some good matchups down there as well so to give them a lot of credit but Orchard Lake St. Mary's of course the favorite and I don't want to dive too far into it cuz we're going to talk on that live broadcast but this will be the last one that goes out before the game you gotta you gotta think that Orchard Lake is is going to be able to take care of business, but UAD had a really impressive semifinal win over Loyola. So it should make for a nice 7 o'clock. We should have two really good games down at Callahan Hall on Saturday night.
0: And don't underlook under- uh, John Marcus Rowland returning for UD as well. He went down middle of January versus Brother Rice with a knee injury, questioning whether he'd come back. I mean, he's a big rebounder. He's a high-volume scorer at times. He scored 19 in their game versus Catholic Central. Didn't score as much versus Loyola, but still made a big impact in terms of energy and effort uh, for them off the bench, so he's a guy that can score in bunches, I mean he scored 7 straight points uh, after Loyal had cut down the lead to 10, they were 15 at one point in that game, so him and I think JT Morgan, we'll talk about it more on Saturday but I, I think those are the two keys for UD in a, in a run, not only in the Catholic League, but in the state as well. No doubt about
1: that. Final thing from our, our top highlights, the bowling championships, and I'll let you dive into this, I know you were able to have some conversations with Divine Child on their Catholic League championship, but uh, it was a close one in the Catholic League final. Divine Child taking first for the boys. De La Salle coming in second. LaSalle just to strike away in game number two from winning the first two of the best of three series and claiming the Catholic League title, but it was Divine Child who took game two and then closed the deal in game number three to capture the title.
0: Yeah, Foley, Cabrini, Mercy also winning the titles between the the boys and the girls between the Bishop and the Cardinal Divisions, but you look at Divine Child boys, I mean, they're number two in D2, their girls are also number six, uh, in D2, this is a boys team that hasn't, you know, been to a state final, hasn't won a Catholic league title either since 2008. They were runners up, uh, in the D2 final in 2008 to Pinconning. By the way, do you know what Pinconning is famous for? Cheese. Right? Very good. Yes. I, I wanted to, Michigan history, Joe Beldica taught me that, but that's impressive. You know that. Cheese. <laughs> Got you. Cheese Capital of Michigan is always what he used to say. But uh, that's, you know, they're, they're a dangerous team, both the, the boys and the girls. Uh, Jonathan Legenza, Noel Jackson, uh, Shane Green, Paul Scheuer, those are all guys who are really contributing to a nice run, and hopefully for them in the States as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. And What's your average? My average, Uh, it's about 260 less pins than
1: the average for uh, (laughs) us. Some of these bowlers playing for our schools that won the uh, Catholic League titles. I mean, man, it's impressive. I have to give a special shout out. Of course, everybody, I think everybody knows that I work and coach at De La Salle. One of the things I do over at De La Salle is help moderate the broadcast club and organized by students. They do the play by play of De La Salle games. Well, the lead play by play broadcaster, a junior bowler, Really led the way, had a total of seven oh one his overall score in the Catholic League final. Almost led De La Salle to a defeat over Divine Child in the Catholic League championships. But Jack Golkia
0: junior, got to give my guy a shout out there leading the way for the Pilots. And congrats, real quick, to your freshman undefeated. Little history there for the the De La Salle freshman Hoopers, huh? Yeah, it
1: was a special year. You know, freshman and JV went undefeated for in the same season for the first time I think in school history. I don't know if that's been done. In years prior, obviously, I don't think many record too much about the freshman and JV uh, history, if you will, but it was a fun year Maybe Steve does. Maybe. We'll have to ask.
0: <laughs> We're going to toss it to Steve Wedrock
1: this, now. When will that be a since 1926 <sighs> segment? 20 years from now. 20 years from now. 20 years from now, yes. It was 2020 and the freshman <laughs> pilots.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, let's see what Steve has this week and since 1926. Steve?
2: This moment in Catholic League history comes from the frozen pond and looks at David Moss, a member of the Catholic Central hockey team. Moss was a member of two state championship hockey teams at Catholic Central. During his junior season, the Shamrocks won the 1999 MHSAA state championship with a two nothing victory over East Kentwood. Moss contributed with an assist on Jim Spiewak's first period goal, one of two he would score in the day. In Moss's senior season, the Shamrocks repeated his state champs, beating Alpina five to two in the 2000 championship game. Moss picked up a first period assist on Brandon Kalinecki's goal and netted an unassisted shorthanded goal in the third period to cap the scoring. Catholic Central would continue to dominate high school hockey to date, capturing 14 state championships. After graduating from Catholic Central, Moss played one season in the USHL for the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders before being selected by the Calgary Flames in the 2001 NHL Draft. Moss attended the University of Michigan, where he played for the Wolverines from 2001-2005. to 2005. In 192 collegiate games, Moss scored 36 goals and 58 assists. After making his NHL debut for the Flames in December 2006, Moss played 9 seasons in the league for Calgary and the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes, tallying 82 goals and 102 assists in his NHL career. Moss also won a bronze medal in the 2013 World Championships representing the United States. He scored four goals and three assists in 10 games during that tournament. After a brief stint playing professionally in Switzerland, Moss retired from professional hockey in 2016. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Inside CHS Sound. Now, pleased to be joined by one of my broadcast partners, Sean Belisian. How you doing? Excellent. Nice to <laughs> chat with
3: you guys. How's everything going?
0: It's going well. We're kind of ramping up, you know, our playoff coverage here. Hockey is certainly a big part of it with all these Catholic League teams and uh, you know, some of the better teams in the state uh, getting going here. So we're looking forward to kind of breaking this down with you and, and talking about all these teams' chances, I guess, at a state title.
3: Yeah, you know, Jeremy, it's already underway. You know, we've had a couple nights already of playoff action, and, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I've been out a couple times already. I mean, we're going to night four now, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was up Tuesday night and Thursday night checking in some of the action, and uh, the level of play across the state, as I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, has improved so dramatically. Um, This should be a fun tournament, no doubt.
0: I kind of want to start with the, this playoff format changing in terms of you know going from two weeks to three weeks. It, it was always so compact, and it was like, why are we rushing things in, in terms of you know knocking out the regionals and then the quarterfinals and the semifinals and the finals back to back to back? But I think the state did a really good job of kind of separating that. Just talk about how big that might be for some of these teams this year. Well,
3: I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I, I have watched teams. I'm going to use Trunton as an example uh, Trenton's road to USA hockey last year, USA hockey arena uh, was just full of potential landmines and they were able to make, navigate it. But, you know, when you're playing uh high caliber teams, highly talented teams, it, it takes a toll on you. And whether it be in the semifinals or whether it be the finals, you, you just run out of gas uh, to have, you know, that few extra days to, to recharge the battery, to, uh, you know, fill up the tank, so to speak, is is just massive. And I'm with you. Kudos to, um, you know, the Coaches Association and and Cody Inglis and, and the folks from the MHSAA for pushing this through. I, I think it was long overdue. I don't think it takes away from the tournament. It's still a sprint. It's just not, you know, as short a sprint yeah uh, this is for the well-being of the players. And I think you're, you're going to see the play respond in
0: time. Just because there's so many teams that I, I want to cover here, I'm just going to start firing, you know, Cranbrook, Orchard Lake, UD <laughs> at you here, and we'll kind of break it down uh, school by school. But let's start with Cranbrook, because I think they're kind of intriguing. Uh, one, because of their new goaltending presence in, in Gunnar Dudler. Their seniors performing very well at this point, too. But Gunnar's a guy... Who had a major knee injury because of, you know, lacrosse he was playing in fall. They really were unaware whether he was going to come back or not, but he's kind of become a staple and goal for them. I mean, a four-three win in overtime versus UD, a three-three tie versus Hartland, a two-one loss versus Houghton, and a two one win over Rice. Those are all games that he played in. But he could be big heading into the playoffs, right? Well, no, you're
3: you're absolutely right. And look, the way they play down the stretch, you know, they beat a really good UD team, uh, back in late January. And, uh, you know, to get a win over Orchard Lake St. Mary's, to get a win over right that last game of the year, uh, they, they were on the upswing late. And, and this is where sometimes guys playing in the conference that you play in really bodes well for you. I mean, how many times have we seen it with, you know, coach is in Michigan state basketball, you know, where they played this tough schedule. And you're battle tested come playoff time. And, and, and certainly the schedule that Cranbrook plays is one of the most difficult in the state, year in, year out. Uh, that's just something that they did starting with Andy. And of course, Coach LaFontaine is, is, is going to continue that moving forward. So you are battle tested come playoff time. You know, the, the unfortunate thing, of course, uh, for them is, you know, a lot of other of other teams in Division three that they might run into have been doing the same thing, but I, I'm with you. I think Cranbrook is a team that if you were to fix an arrow to, uh, they're definitely trending upwards.
0: And you can find uh, Sean's rankings on state champs network, uh, but you move them, you know, from no ranking to 22 recently. Just, I guess what propelled you to do that? Is it just their stretch in terms of what they've been doing lately and what you think they can do maybe in the playoffs?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I, again, I think a lot of times it's not just you know who you beat. It, it sometimes it's it's who you lose to, and um, you know they again playing the schedule that they played. They had this string, Jeremy, where they beat U D, They lost by a goal to perennial ranked Hartland, who's back to back Division two champion. They lost by a goal to 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 Houghton, and Houghton's you know a, a perennial powerhouse from the U P. You knock out Fort here in Northern. You knock out Fort here in Lake Saint Marys. They get trend all they could handle uh, and before falling to them. They've been a perennial top-ten team all year, and they beat one of the best teams in the state, and and, and one that, that many people feel is, is the team to beat Division II and Brother Rice. So, uh, again, the trending up barrel went on them, and uh, a lot of times they tell people don't pay so close to attention to perhaps the team's overall record. Uh, take a deeper look and, and, and see the caliber of opponent that they're playing each year and certainly that's the case with Randall.
0: You dive into Brother Rice I mean, you look at their their number one line of Ryan Murphy, DJ Dixon, Nick Maroney I mean, first off, that's the best line in the state, right?
3: I think so. You know, we, we had a debate, we talked about a couple different lines just a few weeks ago um, on state chance but I think that that's the, the best line in the state, I I, I really do. Um, I, I've seen Brother Rice this year look flat out dominant. um They beat CC at home back in January, and, and, and guys, I'm telling you, they they look awesome. I I've, I've seen them look awesome a couple times. They knocked off Heartland earlier this year in a game that I saw. You know, a couple times I've seen them look mortal. um I think when all is said and done, they've got themselves a good goaltender. I, I think they've got that top line. They have uh, enough talent around them as well. I think a lot of people. Uh, are sitting back right now, guys, and saying, well, let's just fast forward to uh, the finals and, and get Stevenson and Brother Wright out of the way. They faced each other earlier this year with a 4-4 four- tie. Four- mm-hmm. I'm going to say hold your horses there. Do I expect those two teams to be there? Yes, I do. But I think if we've learned anything over the, the past few years, especially in Division Two, you can never count Trent out. You can never count Hartland out. Um, you know, you have a legend in, in in Traverse City at TCC and Coach Gibbons that has a really good team this year. Marquette is a dangerous team. So, yes, I get it. While most people think that, you know, it's destiny that Stevenson and Brother Rice uh, settle it, uh, one should brawl after that uh, four, four tie very early in the season. Uh, there might be a few other teams that have a say. But with that being said, guys, I picked Brother Rice to win. Uh, I, I think they'll knock off Stevenson in the end. You know, a couple wins against uh, Catholic Central this year. Uh, that is a high octane game team, and it does start with
0: that first line. Absolutely, and you look at, uh, you know, the way CC and Rice battle, obviously they won't match up again in the playoff run just because of being in different divisions, but, you know, let's go in the hypothetical for a moment. Who wins in a state <laughs> final or a state uh, tournament matchup between those two teams after what you may have seen in the regular season?
3: Well, that's a great question, Jeremy, because I'll, I'll tell you what. To me, this is just one man's opinion. I think that loss to Brother Rice in late January was a wake-up call uh, for Catholic Central. They have been a different team since that loss. I mean, they are they are just uh, going out and, and, and really, quite frankly, a dominating team. They beat number one, Maloney Stevenson, uh, 12 days ago, 4 nothing at USA Hockey Arena, uh, they, they pulled away from Trenton. They jumped up early on Trenton, I should say, and end up winning 6-2. They had a convincing 4-1 win over UAD, a 5-0 win over Hartman. They're firing at all cylinders right now. Brandon Kalanick is doing such a fantastic job. And In my opinion, just one man's opinion, I, I think they have the best player in the state. Uh, patrolling their blue line in, in uh, Brendan Miles, he's he's phenomenally the guy that started the season in the USHL, and Capitales just became a different team uh, when Miles came back and got himself reestablished with the Shamrock.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. That was something that, that kind of piqued my interest at the beginning of the season. Is that is that normal for guys to you know go from one to the other like that in the middle of a year?
3: No. Uh, I mean, and and I think it goes to show you what a talented player that Miles is. You know, the fact that he could go get, get up to TME USHL, and he'll be back, and make no mistake about that, but was able to come back and, and, and play for Catholic Central, and uh, he, he's been just awesome. He, he really is. You know, it, it, to me, it isn't just, you know, what his ability is, it's he... he just seems to be thinking a step ahead of ahead of other people when you watch him play. He had so many takeaways in that Lavonia Stevenson game, guys. He he really is a, a, a special product out there at Catholic Central.
0: Jumping kind of you know right to the the Catholic Central, I guess brand. I mean you. Normally, you talk about, hey, what does uh, you know a team have to do to win a state title, but it's almost what does CC need to do to lose <laughs> a state title at this point? I mean, you talked about a 10 game winning streak right now you they moved from two to one in your rankings over Stevenson after they shut out and beat them for nothing. But what does this team you know have to to do? is Is it just another hot team facing them on the other side, or have you seen any weaknesses out of them so far this year?
3: Yeah, you know, a lot of it is that, Jeremy. I mean, I, I think a couple of years ago, they, they were on beaten State, and it was one of the most uh, dominant teams I, I had seen. Uh, I'm not joking. That was a dominant, dominant Catholic Central team. And, uh, you know, Brighton came up with a game plan. Brighton had a heck of a lot of talent, and they found a way to knock off uh, Catholic Central in route to a championship. Uh, Shagall Heritage has been such a great story, and and uh, led by another dynamic dynamic player, uh, Brady Rappoon. I'm not sure if they have the depth to hang with this Catholic Central team. And you know the thing about path potential as well is you know you, you've got uh, not only uh, Brendan Miles, who we mentioned earlier, but Kyle Gaffey is is an incredible talent. Dylan Dooley, um, uh, Tarducci, and though Tarducci is another. Uh, defender that you know you could play the best player in the state when all is said and done uh, you got a fine goaltender in the other end in Finnegan that can shut the door I mean the thing that I've watched Coach Cal and his staff do is they want to limit you they want to shut you down and this team can shut teams down with the best of them
0: a lot of early matchups, and, and you've seen this over the last, I don't know, five or so years when you know teams in the same area are, are powers. I mean, you look at Orchard Lake, St. Mary's, and Brighton. They're set to match up this Saturday, the 29th, uh, in just the second game of the MHSA playoffs. It's almost a shame that we have to see that. I mean, you may see UDJ and Gross Point South in the regional final, but... Take us to that Orchard Lake-Brighton game. I mean, Orchard Lake's a team that's kind of been up and down. Brighton's a team that's been up and down, but they they seem to be trending upwards, don't they, in the the stretch run?
3: Yeah, you know, first and foremost, it is a shame. I mean, there's there's no other way to say that. Um, You know, for years we've tried to figure out a way uh, to do some kind of seeding in in this because, um, you know, you're talking about two high-caliber teams, and you mentioned another one. Uh, you know, UD, UDJ and, and GPS getting together early, and my heart always goes out to the teams in the in the UP because you know, oftentimes you have Calumet and Holton going early, and you know, in some years, all three of them Hancock, Holton, Calumet are going early. and uh, there's no easy way to do it. Um, that's something that I know the coaches' association and and others are going to continue to uh, explore, but. Heck, this is the way it is. I mean, guys, there have been some times where you've had two top five teams playing, two top three teams playing uh, in the state to start the playoff, and and that's an unfortunate thing. Uh, you're right about Orchard Lake Saint Barry's. they have been up and down this year. I was really, um, I was really impressed by them at the showcase in Trenton, how they dug themselves out of a hole against a really good Traverse City Central team. Uh, they were down three nothing. They came back with five, five uh, third period goals to win that game, uh, five to three. And then the next day, they lost to a really good Forest Hill Central team uh, from the west side of the state. Uh, can they be? Can they beat Brighton? Absolutely, they can. You know, and those two have had some games over the years. You know, uh, finding a way to to win that game. It just seems like for years now they've been in that same bracket. They've been in that same position. It's unfortunate again because both of these teams have the capability of, of, of taking long runs,
0: but in Kensington uh, Valley, I, I like Brian Homer. I really do. Chatting here with Sean Belisian, uh hockey analyst among many other things for uh, state champs and WJR and the Michigan Media Network. But as we kind of break down this uh, Michigan State hockey play, on this really a fun time, and Brendan and I have kind of talked about it throughout the winter. The winter in Michigan, I mean, you, you can say football, yes, and, and some excitement in the spring, but I think the winter in Michigan, when you look at girls' basketball, boys' basketball, hockey, uh, you mix in some of the other states, this is one of the more exciting playoff atmospheres that these next two or three weeks that you'll see, right?
3: Oh, no question. You know, and, and what you're seeing is so many athletic directors and athletic departments really getting the shop in order. And, and you're seeing a lot of teams kind of pop up and say, hey, we're new to the scene. We're trying to establish ourselves. And I, I think say that we, we've seen that more times than you can see. You stick that in recent years in hockey. You know, you've had the usual suspects. The usual suspects are always going to be the usual suspects. But, uh, you know, in recent years, you've seen teams kind of graduate to usual suspects. And uh, conversely, some teams, you know, trying to put their resume in and, and seeing if they can get that uh, classification as well.
0: You talk about teams kind of rising up. I mean, Gabriel Richard Riverview—that's that, somebody that that will stick in the forefront—and they'll have another tough matchup as well, uh, potentially in the regional final is they'll battle Riverview. Two teams that have kind of been in and out of the rankings, but this is a, a Gabriel Richard team that beat uh, Monroe Saint Mary Catholic Central four nothing in their first game. They have uh, Gibraltar Carlson on Friday when this podcast comes out, but this is a team that came out of nowhere. Who's you know rolling and making them roll at this point?
3: Well, you know what's interesting is, is, I mean, honestly, John. I think first and foremost, this is a team that they played really hard. Uh, Ricky DeSanta, their coach, has done a really good job there, and they played really hard. And that—that's the thing that I always tell somebody. You know, when, when you play a Gabriel Richard team, you, you better bring you better bring your lunch and you better bring a hard hat because they're they're going to work. You make no mistake about that. And you know, they had a long and memorable run last year they've been able to knock off some of the big boys this year as well. Make no mistake about it. You know, they, they had a win against uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's this year, and um, they've they played hard in other games. You know, it's interesting, though, because Riverview has had their number this year. Riverview is 2-0 and oh against them. And, you know, with Riverview right now, you've got a, a player in Gavin Holmes that is just lighting it up. But this Pirate team is a very, very good Uh, team. And and Gavin Holmes is leading the way. I don't know if you guys saw these numbers. 40 goals in 25 games to go along uh, with 21 assists. 61 points in 25 games. So uh, they've really been flying. Uh, And as I mentioned, they've they've had Gabriel Richard's number. The the thing that intrigues me with this is Gabriel Richard kind of has that been there, done that mentality. They've been able to take some runs in the past. While Riverview is relatively new to you know, trying to make a, a big run like this with this crew, so uh, we'll see if that's a factor. And if the third time is a charm, uh, or Gabriel Richard.
0: Well, Division Three, you know, they don't they don't necessarily have the best team in the state, but they have probably have the best <laughs> quantity of teams uh, in terms of in the rankings and in your face, and not wanting to face them in a state championship or state playoff game. But you talk about it: U.D. Jesuit, Calumet, um, Gross Point South. Country Day is D three the hardest to come out of right now.
3: I really think it is, Jeremy. I, I think for years now, a lot of people have said D two with Trenton and Rice and Stevenson and and Hartland. I, I, in my again one man's opinion, I don't think there's any debate. It's it's Division three right now. I mean, there is. You know, you've got a situation. I mean, let's 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 take a look at some of the teams that you just mentioned. You know. You've got countries gay that, you know, legitimately would have to go through uh, the winner of Milford and Cranbrook and then they'd have to go through the winner of, you know, that, that gauntlet, if you will, of uh Gross Point North and or excuse me, Gross Point South and U of D. Oh, and by the way, your your graduation present is to go play how you met. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about something like that, it, it is just it's a top, top sure i you know country day has been there and done that i think a lot of people thought when sam labola their all-world goaltender left that they might take a step back but I, i'm here to tell you guys uh, they're on fire right now and they're another team they aren't just beating teams right now they are really pounding on teams right now i mean no team was perhaps hotter down the stretch they lost the Brighton out in uh, Brighton back in, in late January. And since then, they have just put on the show. Uh, They're firing at all cylinders right now. But, hey, Gross Pointe South is a team that I saw very early on, and I told anybody that to listen, you better watch this team. This is a dangerous, dangerous team. And not to mention and not to forget, you know, the companies have been red hot uh, down the last month as well. They play really, really well. And, uh, you know, may a, a strong case for pumping their way into um, the, the top 10. But long-winded answer, you guys know me, I'm a long-winded person. <laughs> long-winded answer, uh, yes, I think A3 is the toughest uh, this year by a good margin.
0: Before we get to some predictions, and it's kind of bringing up UD as well, I mean... Is goaltending the key for them? We kind of talked about it here on our podcast Insights you just saw the last couple of weeks because they haven't been able to score goals very consistently, but they've gotten some decent performers out of their goaltender. So you think that may be the key for them to moving on and making a deep run again this year?
3: Yeah, I, I think, you know, they're getting healthy at the right time too, and that, that's a big factor. I mean, I, you know, the reason why I've been so hot on them is uh, they're unbeaten in their last six. And, you know, again, you put up six against a uh, court here in Northern. You knock off the foot team from Dallas, one of the best players in the state, Luke Blasey. Uh, you knock off a top team uh, with Salem, a 3 2 win there. You tie Brother Wright. Then you, you beat Trenton and you beat Grove Point South. I mean, that is really a murderer's role. And that's not just, guys, those aren't just MIA teams. You know, you mixed in a win against Midland Dow, you mixed in a, a win from a KLAA team. So I, I think now that they're healthier, I think you're gonna you're gonna see them score a few more goals, but uh, you're absolutely right. This is the time of year, especially at this level of hockey, guys. If you have that goalie, uh, it can it can catapult you to the top. I think uh, everybody will remember John Leffman a few years ago, who's now starting at Michigan State. Uh, John Leffman and a very mortal Farmington team went all the way because that guy just turned into a wall. There's no other way to say that. So if you get that kind of goal trending, uh, you're going to be hard to beat this time of year.
0: Real quick, Division One, who you got?
3: Catholic Central. Division Two. Rice over Stevenson in a legendary game.
0: I like that. Division three.
3: Uh, This was the tough one for me, guys, but I'm going to go BCD in a 3 beat. Um, I, I really amn't that impressed by the way they played down the stretch. I have them knocking off a, a good team from the left side in Coruscant Central.
0: All right. Well, this is certainly one of the more exciting times of the year. We look forward to, you know, kind of breaking this down as we get closer to USA hockey arena. Sean, thanks for so much. It's it's good to talk with you over the air again.
3: I know. We're <laughs> gonna have to do it sometime soon. You're gonna have to tell me about your life and I look forward to seeing both of you guys
0: real soon. Absolutely. Well, good stuff. That's Sean Belisian, hockey analyst for state champs. Well, it was really nice of Sean to give really a great insight to, you
1: know, the, the multiple divisions, the different looks, the matchups of the Catholic league schools, the across the state schools and quite a perspective. I mean, man, just so knowledgeable about every division, the different teams. It's incredible really. And, I like to hear that, you know, there's some Catholic League schools that should make a little bit of a run here through the state tournament.
0: Absolutely. There, there's a lot of teams to track. And I think when you look at the last few years, I mean, it's probably the most teams where you say, hey, look, they, that team could get a state championship or at least make a run. That team could. That team could. Uh, in Divisions 1, 2, and 3. So that's something we'll track over the next couple of weeks as we carry them all the way to USA Hockey Arena as well. well quick uh, good luck to everybody in the Operation Friendship Championships happening at Callahan Hall. Actually, tonight we're recording this on Thursday, so we'll talk about that uh, maybe a little bit on our, our live show Saturday and next week as well. But it's Castech Marion, uh, Marion number seven in the APR and Division I and Renaissance Mercy, and Mercy number eight uh, in the APR at this point, trying to get their final good wins to elevate themselves before the playoffs.
1: Well, no doubt about that. And you mentioned the live show Saturday. So again, we're going to be at Callahan Hall. It's the Boys Catholic League Championship Games. We're going to be recording before the beginning of that Cardinal Division Championship. We're going to have several great guests. So maybe stay tuned. We'll we'll give a preview of some of those guests, maybe on Twitter. Maybe we can... Uh, get some of that out there. Otherwise, you're going to have to maybe come down to Callahan to find out or check out the archive after we put it up, I believe, next week. So it should be a great show. We'll be doing those segments between 4 and 5 o'clock. So come by the concourse, say hello, listen to what some some coaches and maybe former athletes from the Catholic mm-hmm. League have to say about the, the games going on that night, as well as just to look at the overall seasons, and, and the playoffs upcoming. So it should be a pretty exciting time. And then there's going to be a couple of great games as well. We talked about the first one with Riverview Gabriel Richard and Cardinal Mooney at five o'clock and then the seven o'clock game of Orchard Lake St. Mary's and UVD Jesuit. So we should have a couple great games. It'll be a fun live show. Come by, say hello, tweet at us while we're there. And um, we'd love to see you. We'd love to hear from you. And it should just be a really exciting day uh, on the Leap Day, Saturday. Leap Day, yeah.
0: That's always a great time, right? I guess so. <laughs> Haven't had one of those in what, four years? Yeah, that's that's great. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, <laughs> subscribe there. Search us, Inside underscore CHSL, on Twitter, Facebook as well, Inside CHSL. Interact with us. We really appreciate Uh, the interaction we've gotten lately. You can also email us at uh, insidechsl at gmail.com. Any of those avenues, we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate uh, you listening, and and we want you to spread it to everybody you know that uh, is interested in this thing as well. Spread the word, and we'll see you Saturday. See you there. We want to thank uh, Ron Payneborn, our fine producer, Alex Westfall, piecing it together after things are done. Uh, Steve Wedrock as well for Inside CHSL. We will see you on the concourse at Callahan.